Our scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. That's page 72 in your pew Bibles. And as we read the word today, I'd ask you to stand, please. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, or your son, or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, that's our, our teaching uh, text today. Appreciate Jeff reading that for us. When I came back from overseas and began to pastor this church, we began to think about the needs in our community and one of the needs in our community was uh, foster care and so we began training through the uh, Tennessee Baptist uh, Children's Home trained several families in our church that could care for children who were uh, who didn't have parents uh, who were able to take care of them and so we went through that training and several of our families began to care for children we have several in our church that are fostering even now caring for children who have no one to care for them and you think about that what a heavy a heavy thing that is as a child to know that you have no one in your family that is able to responsibly care for you so I ask you if how many would want to be an orphan so well, that's kind of a ridiculous question we would not desire that for ourselves, nor would we desire that for those we love. But I'll say this, um, when we rebel against our parents and we disobey them, we are living intentionally like orphans. As Albert Moeller has said in his book on the Ten Commandments, we're living in an age of intentional orphans. He reminds us of Abraham Lincoln, who told the story of a man on trial. The man had killed his parents in a fit of rage and he was 
on trial and he threw himself on the mercy of the court claiming that he was now just an orphan. But everywhere we look, whether it's in our classrooms or in our communities, we see people all around us who disregard and disrespect their parents. And today we come to the fifth commandment that addresses this. And it doesn't. It, and sometimes we have a tendency when we get to this commandment, we're walking through the Ten Commandments, and we get to this fifth commandment, we have a tendency as adults to kind of turn turn it off, kind of turn the switch off. Because we're not wee ones anymore. We're not living under the authority in our, uh, of our, in our house uh, with our parents. And so we kind of turn the switch off. But I want to point this out to you. You know, this isn't, we get to the, the commandments. We went through one through four. Now we're in five. You know, this isn't children's church. You know, this wasn't Moses' time of, of having children's church here. This wasn't addressed to children. I mean, think about it. We think about, you know, murder and adultery and taking the Lord's name in vain. Those are like adult sins. But then we get to the honoring our mother and father, and all of a sudden we think that doesn't apply to us, but this was written to grown-ups. And if you look at the Ten Commandments, we're at this point. It's The Ten Commandments are in two parts. Part one is the first four commandments dealing with teach us how we should treat God, and these next six are deal with how we should treat one another. In fact, Jesus, that's kind of what he did in Mark chapter 12. He was asked by a scribe, which is the greatest commandment. Let's read that together. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, him being Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the greatest. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And what's Jesus doing there? He's summarizing not just the Ten Commandments, but all 613 Old Testament laws he's summarizing in two commandments. Lumps them together. So what's the, the greatest commandment? Well, love God, love your neighbor. And so he begins the second part of the Ten Commandments. How do we treat others? How do we love our neighbor? Well, first thing we do is we honor our mother and our father. And at each one of these commandments, we've, we've said there's a New Testament equivalent with the exception of the fourth. Command one, remember? And I told you we're going to learn the Ten Commandments. You say, well, why do I need to learn the Ten Commandments? Because we just ought to know the Ten Commandments. If the Bible is God's Word and it's the most precious thing in our lives and God's Word and His will we want to do, we should know the Ten Commandments. And it doesn't hurt us to memorize things. But we said in order to do that, we have to use our fingers. And if you don't use your fingers, you won't remember them. But the first one is what? One God, yeah, have no other God before me. Yeah, one God. You have to do, you have to put up your finger. All right, the second commandment is what? S second commandment is what? Savannah, don't carve any idols, right? Yeah, don't carve any idols. If you do your fingers, you can remember them. I'm telling you, I've done it. Yeah, don't carve any idols. And, and idols are physical, but they're also spiritual, right? What do we do? We make God in our own image, right? Yeah, don't carve any idols in your life. And, and the third one, Drew, do you remember the third one? No, not that one. 
we're getting there. What is it? Remember, we, we do it like this, and we do it like this. Yeah, don't take the Lord's name in vain. That's awesome. Good. Yeah, don't take the Lord's name in vain. This is how we do that. You think, well, that's kind of silly. Well, yeah, we're silly people, but we silly folks know the Ten Commandments, right? All right. One God, don't carve any idols. The third one is don't take the Lord's name in vain. And the fourth, fourth one, what is it? Ron, do you remember? Yeah, remember, because you, a lot of you take a nap on the Sabbath. How many of you actually today are going to take a nap? You already know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it, Lord willing, you're going to take a nap. Yeah, we got, man, really? Is that all? I thought there was more nap takers in here than that. Yeah, you would like to. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, Lord willing, right? Lord willing. How many of you really would, in your mind, you really thinking you're going to today, right? Be a better word. Yeah, the fourth commandment is, is remember the Sabbath day, right? And keep it holy. And we, we said this is how you remember because you're taking a nap, right? All right, that's the fourth one. And the fifth one, of course, the fifth one, that's the one we're doing today. That's, it's easy. You just put your hand up here like this, and you do like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Honor your mother and father, right? Yeah. Obey. Yeah. Honor your parents. We said the, the fourth, there's equivalence, right? Let's run r really, really quickly run through uh, command number one is one God. We see this restated in the New Testament. Commandment number one, one God. And in Mark chapter 6, we see that. Uh, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Yeah, I only have one God, okay? The second commandment, second commandment, don't carve any idols, right? We see that in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, pretty straightforward. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. We see it. It's not just an old covenant command, but it's a new covenant command, right? Command number three, don't take God's name in vain. We see that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Yeah, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We want to honor the Lord's name, don't we? Commandment number four, remember we said there was no new, new covenant um, equivalent. It's not restated in the new covenant. But we do know that the Sabbath day had become the Lord's Day in the New Covenant. It's from a Saturday, Saturday Sabbath. Now you see in the New Covenant, you see a Sunday worship day. And in our home, it's what we call Sunday. It's worship day. And that's what we do on Sundays. And there's a lot, there's a lot of disagreement or debate. What, what can we do on, on the Lord's Day? Can we mow our grass? Well, some of you think, well, I can mow my grass. Some of you think, well, I can't. Some of you think, well, I can dust and vacuum. And some of you think, I can't, right? Some of you think, well, I can... Hunt and fish. And somebody say, well, you can't hunt and fish on the Sabbath. Somebody say, well, I can work. If I have to work, I can work. Somebody think, there's no possible way I can work and honor the Lord. So there's a lot of debate there, what we can do on the Sabbath. What, is, what does rest mean? We did say, right, we concluded that Sunday is the Lord's day, a day of worship, right? We know that to be true. And Jesus is our rest our sabbath rest he fulfilled that law didn't he and he became our rest for all who trust in him he is our rest and his rest the rest we have in christ is far better than any old covenant sabbath is it not we come to the fifth commandment honor your honor your mother and father right honor your parents and we see that restated explicitly in ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 children Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's good and right. That's what you should do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment 
with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So you see that fifth commandment explicitly restated in the new covenants. We know that's God's will for us as children to honor our parents. So we have two points today. Come straight from the text. Number one is just honor and obey your parents. Know that the parental relationship is the first and most important relationship in a person's life. And this relationship shapes all other relationships. And for us, many of us had incredible parents, great parents who loved us and cared for us and, and, and spanked our rear end and made us mind and taught us what it meant to love and what it meant to be responsible. Some of you, I understand that's not your experience. Maybe your parents didn't honor the Lord. They weren't believers, or not just they weren't believers, but maybe they weren't good people. Or maybe they were absentee parents. They weren't there. Some of you are, maybe you were raised by a grandmother or a grandfather or an aunt or an uncle or just a foster parent. And so when we talk about honor your parents, I think it means your biological parents, but, but also those who were your authority in the home. Now, what does it mean to honor your parents? What does it mean to honor your parents? Does it mean to obey? Well, it does mean to obey, but it's more than obey, I think. I think that word honor means weight, something heavy. It also is the word for glory. And so what we see in the Old Testament is being a parent is a weighty thing, is it not? I mean, I remember being young married, been married two years, and found out that we're going to have a baby. And many of you had the same experience. When, can you remember back, some of you, can you remember back that long, right? When you realize you're going to be a father or a mother. There's excitement there, but I remember as a, um, you know, 20, I don't know, 8, no, 29-year-old seminary student working full-time, going to school full-time, I remember feeling that. It was like, whoa, this is a pretty big deal. My life's fixing to change. It's for the better. It's fixing to be, it's fixing to be good, but it's going to be different. You remember that? You remember what it's like? Do you remember? Think back when you remember you found out you were pregnant. Maybe you found out when your wife told you you are going to have a, a child, you're going to be a, a father for the first time, and the weight of that, it's a weighty, it's a weighty thing. So I think what it means to honor your parents is to give due weight to their position, to give them the recognition they deserve for their God-given authority in your life. To honor your father, to honor your mother, means to respect them and to value your mother and your father as gifts from God. And our parents, their wishes for us have weight have weight. We see this elsewhere in, in the scriptures in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 3. Everyone of you shall revere his mother and his father and you shall keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. To revere. Highly respect our parents. I think honoring our, our parents means living lives our parents would approve of. We see the opposite of this in Deuteronomy 21. We'll come back to this verse in a minute. If a man has a stubborn or rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, he will not listen to them, then his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him out of the elders of the city at the gate of the place where he lives. I just imagine them dragging him by the, by the collar, right? And they shall say to the elders of the city, This is our son, and he's stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. 
He is a glutton and a drunkard. Notice, that's the, that's the behavior that's not like his parents, that's unacceptable. So to honor our parents, to live our lives that they would approve of. And we see the opposite here. This son is a glutton and a drunkard. To honor our parents is not just something we do with our lips. It's not just lip service. And we see this in Isaiah 29, 13. Is Isaiah the prophet speaking for the Lord. Because, and the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. We, we don't just say the right thing in front of our parents and do something behind their back, do we? It's not just lip service. No, it's, it's honoring them. It's, it's putting their preferences and their desires for us above our own. And we see it in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Paul, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Another way of saying showing honor is to give preference to them. In other words, uh, it's when you're it's when your friends say, hey, let's do this, 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 and this. And you think, my parents would not want me to do that. And you say, my parents, they wouldn't, they wouldn't approve. And then your, your, your friends maybe say, well, it's okay, let's do it anyway. And you, you give preference to your parents. No, I'm not going to do that. And that's happened in every one of our lives. And maybe you don't just see it, but in your mind you're thinking about it. Am I going to do this? I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to do that because my parents wouldn't approve of that. You're giving preference to your parents, giving what they say their words have weight and have influence in your life. And think about it. Obeying our parents, honoring our parents, it's a natural, just in the, in the natural order of things. Offspring, they obey their parents, don't they? You see it in nature with animals. And it's true in every culture on the planet. Every culture known to man. We have children are expected are expected to obey and listen to their parents. I mean, think about it. What do you call your parents? I was remodeling my house when I, I came back from overseas, and uh, I had a, a local guy, great guy, an electrician, and he came and he was working with a guy. And he kept calling him Jerry. He kept calling him Jerry, and I thought. You know, this Jerry is their partners in this business or whatever. But then a, another friend of mine who's doing my heat and air, he told me, he said, no, that's his, that's his daddy. And I thought, that's kind of weird. You know, I never had dreamt, I would never dream of calling my dad Mike. Hey, Mike, I just never would imagine doing that. But here he was, he called his father by his first name. We just typically don't do that. What do we, what do, we do? How do we address our parents? We say mom or mother or mama, right, or mommy if you're real little. And our fathers, we say dad or daddy, right? Yeah. They're set apart even by how we address them, right? Yeah, and think about imagining a culture, living in a culture where this was not the expectations that children honor their parents. Think about that for a second. You're like, we're living in it. Yeah, we see, we see that, don't we, in our culture. But can you imagine living in a culture where that's not the norm? I mean, you got, you have kids sticking tongues in, in electric outlets, right? Toddlers running in the streets, right? Kids growing up eating tater chips and Kit Kats, you know? 
I mean, it'd be um, kids would never go to school. I mean, it'd be chaos, wouldn't it? be very chaotic. In fact, there's a, a, a child who was a foster child. He didn't go to school because he didn't want to go. And so his mama just didn't make him. And so one day they came and they took that little boy and they put him in a home of, of another family in our church and they put the mother in prison. And that little boy who was in eighth grade couldn't read. See, when we live in a culture and children don't honor their parents, our culture becomes chaotic really quickly. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not God's will for our families. So it is God's will for children to obey their parents. That's how it is, even just by looking at nature. And what happened in the Old Testament? Remember our context. This is Israel. They've just been rescued from Egypt. And they're headed where? Where are they headed? To the promised land, the land God had promised to give them. And on the way, they stop at Sinai, and they're here 11 months. And at 11 months, they're receiving the law. God has given it to Moses, and Moses interceding, mediating, and he's giving it to, delivering it to his people, the Israelites. And what's the Old Testament penalty for not honoring your parents? Well, let's read that. Well, we read it in Deuteronomy 21, right? And this is the same, the same penalty for someone who curses his parents, the same as someone who assaults them, right? Puts a hand, put his hands on his parents, right? Or, or strikes his parent. What is the, what is the penalty? Is there to be stoned in front of the village, right? Aren't you glad you don't live under the old covenant? We live now in the New Testament economy of salvation, don't we? And all the civil infractions have now been transposed into the church, church order. And so now in the church we have membership and we have discipline in the church, don't we? So now instead of being stoned, what will happen? Now you'll be disciplined by the church under the new covenant. Thinking about American culture, several factors tend to undermine this idea of honoring our parents and Bob Deffenball, he mentions several, and I just want to mention a couple that he that he um, had written about, and I want to mention those. A couple of those I really think are 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 helpful for us to think about. So why what what are the factors in our culture that undermine honoring parents? Well, one is kids are more tech savvy than their parents. And then, well, yeah, okay, what's that have to do with anything? Well, think about the impact of technology on our lives and our families. Think about the generations um, in, in back in the Old Testament days, you would have someone who had a skill. Maybe he was a blacksmith or maybe you know he, he did something with his hands. He was a carpenter. And what he would do is he would take his son and if, you're, if your father was a, a carpenter, then you were a carpenter. And your son was going to be a carpenter. And you would teach that trade to your child. What happened over the years of teaching and training, it would take a long time for that child to learn to be as, as skillful as the father and life expectancy wasn't real long and so the father would typically pass away and the son would take that up and continue that that work well think about our our access to technology now a child in elementary school was learning things that the parents never dreamt of case in point 
When my phone, I have a problem with my phone, what do I do? I give it to Carly, and Carly fixes it. Why? Because Carly knows how to fix stuff. She's more tech-savvy than me. While I'm swiping the iPad, why is it not doing this? Seth, come here. What's going on with this thing? He comes over there, Daddy, do this. Oh, okay, there you go. He's 11. I have a master's degree. I'm 48, and I don't know how to operate this gadget. But my son knows how, and so I call on him, and he helps me. So what happens when this, these things happen? Knowledge now is prized in our culture is valued more than wisdom. And what happens as these younger people are learning all this stuff, is they be, begin to think about their parents and their grandparents as old-fashioned, antiquated, ignorant people who are kind of in the way, stifling my growth, hindering me from being all that I want to be. And that's what happens. Parents are out of date and ignorant. The second factor in our culture that undermines the fifth commandment is the prevalence of divorce in our culture where children are often pressured to honor one parent and despise the others. You've seen that, haven't you? Most of you have. You have divorced families. Some of you experienced that in your own life. There's a divorce and what does one spouse do to the other? Trash them and throw them under the bus. So much so that you have children who they really have to work at respecting and honoring their father or their mother because all the things that have been said about them. It's another factor. Yeah, some of you experienced that. Yeah, some of you have been the victim of that, haven't you? Yeah, that's terrible. And what does it do? It makes it hard for children to honor their parents after they're hearing their mama speak so terribly about their daddy or their daddy speak so terribly about their mother. So that makes it hard for kids to honor their parents. And some of you have lived through that. You've been children in homes like that. Thirdly, the other factor that undermines the fifth commandment is aging parents. They're not cared for by their children, but they're cared for by others. We see that in nursing homes and assisted living and we think about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and all these government programs. They're viewed as the means for taking care of our parents, handling our obligation as children to care for aging and sickly parents. Yeah, this, we see that in our culture, don't we? Annie Gottlieb. In a book, Do You Believe in Magic, she says this, the way to destroy a nation is to destroy the family, and the way children can destroy the family is by disobeying their parents. Yeah, we see it. Some of you are, have been police officers or are now police officers, and you see it every day, don't you? Honor your mother and your father. That's the fifth commandment. The second thing we see in our text, honor and obeying your parents. It's a commandment. We should do that because of the general promise that you'll live better. You'll live better if you honor your parents. Back to Ephesians chapter 6, Paul, he quotes the fifth commandment. 
But he adds something to it. He says, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. This is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. The fifth, right? The fifth, honor your mother and father. If you honor your mother and father, you'll be blessed. You'll live long in the land. Now, let's think about it for a second. This promise is not a guarantee for everybody, is it? But it's a generality that one's life will be better if you honor your parents. We see this in the Proverbs, don't we? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I know so-and-so, and he died early, so he must have been a rascal who didn't obey his parents. Well, that's not necessarily so, right? It's just a, it's a general rule. But things go get better if you submit to God's will to honor your parents. It's the playpen, right? We've talked about this a lot before. It's a little toddler. You mamas, or even you daddies, you're taking care of your, your child. When they get up to where they're walking and crawling and pulling and, and, and getting into everything, you pull them in the playpen, and what happens? You can go get a shower. You can go to the bathroom, right? You can go wash dishes. You can go do anything because you know the child is in the playpen. It protects them, and their life is better because they're safe, right? So this commandment, it's the yard fence of our lives. Dwayne and I, we met about 25 years ago. He was in the maximum security prison at Fort Pilla, and he was doing a whole bunch of years. He had decades left on his sentence. He's locked up in a cell the size of a parking space, 23 out of 24 hours a day. He got to come out by himself in a, in a, a spot as about as long as from here to the doors and a little bit wider where he could walk outside and let the sun hit him in the face. He was clean cut. He didn't have any pornography on the wall of his cell. Well spoken. Many of the criminals there, of course, come from really tough backgrounds, and they looked it, right? They had a little education, they had a little ambition, but Dwayne, he was the son of a judge and an educator. Right now you're thinking, what did he do? I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't ask him and he didn't tell me. But this is what he said. We would go and do, we'd have Christmas parties, we'd make Christmas cookies, we'd sing and We'd have a short message. Some of you have been a part of that type of ministry. But as you get to talk to these inmates, you just go up to a, a door, and it's just a slot where you would slide things in. And you could just, a slot, and you could see them, you know. But that was it. You could see in the room and see what it's like. 23 out of 24 hours a day, that's where that man lived. And that's where he was going to live for the next 50-some-odd years because of a crime that he had committed. And he didn't go into detail about it. Kind of talked about where he's from. And somehow we got to talk about his background and about his parents. And he offered that up. My dad's a judge. My mom's a teacher. Like you, I was kind of curious. Well, how'd you end up here? What happened? He didn't tell me, but this is what he said, just out of the blue. He said, you know why I'm here? He said, because I didn't obey my mom and my dad. That's what he said. He offered that up. This is what he said. All he said, okay. Hmm. Dwayne had become a believer 
so he had hope. But he was there living in a cinder block room 23 out of 24 hours of his day because he did not honor his parents. What do we do with this text? How do we apply it? Let me maybe give you ways we can honor our parents. For wee ones and big ones, right? A couple of things. First, firstly, how can we honor our parents? Forgive them. Some of you have maybe have need of this. Because how many perfect parents are there? Not very many. I'm not looking at any, right, today. Maybe we need to forgive them. All parents have fallen short of their children's expectations and in all likelihood their own expectations. Our parents uh, maybe have sinned against us. They've made unwise decisions. They've been irresponsible. They've said and done things that have hurt us deeply. And for that reason, we enter adulthood angry and bitter, resentful. Yeah, maybe you need to have a posture of forgiveness. I believe if someone is to be forgiven, they have to ask for it, just like us, right? We're, God just didn't forgive everybody. No, what we have to do, we have to humble ourselves and ask for it. I think that's the same, but you need to be in a posture where you can forgive them. Where if they ever come to me and say, hey, I was blew it and I was wrong and I'm so sorry, you're going to say, well, I forgive you, right? You need to be in a posture ready to forgive. That's one way we can honor our parents. Uh, this, another way is we speak well of them. You know, we, we, we speak well of our parents. And you say, well, I, I don't really know. There's not really much good to say. Well, then what do you do? Kind of a rule in our house. Don't say anything at all, right? We get up in the morning, you're cranky. Best thing to do, you know, get your coffee and leave. You know, say bye and see you, see you this afternoon. And we're all alone, right? You know, what you say is a reflection of your heart. We see that in Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45. Jesus was... Um, Assessing the Pharisees at this point. For no tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Yeah. If you if you're have a posture of forgiveness towards your parents, you'll speak well of them. I mean, think about the things we say about our parents. Oftentimes they're negative, especially children. They took my phone away. My mom's driving me crazy. My dad won't get off my back. Blah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, speak well of them. You can honor them in that way. The third thing, third way we can honor our parents is just respect your parents' need to see themselves in you. Think about parents. We, what we want is we just want to see our kids embrace our values don't we don't say yeah don't say no say yes ma'am and no sir you know we want to embrace those things right yeah so I think we can respect our parents needs to see themselves in us they want to see that they've impacted your life for the good parents want their children to reflect their strengths their values so give them credit where you can you bring all A's home. Say, oh, man, that's awesome. You made all A's. Yeah, Dad. Must have got that from you. Yeah. 
if you're complimented, you can say, yeah, I had a good teacher. You kill that 10-point buck. That would never happened if you wouldn't have taught me how to shoot, how to do all these things. Yeah. Tell you a story. My, my wife, her aunt, Aunt Jane, my kids love her so much. She's like a, she's like a, a second grandmother, uh, maternal grandmother. She, she wasn't married. She didn't have children, but she's been really good to my wife and all my wife's siblings, and she's been really good to my kids. She's a retired art teacher. And she really spends a lot of time with my kids. Every time my kids go down there, they do art projects. So she's taught um, Carly and Grace and Claire Beth how to do pottery, you know, and they've made things and they've put it in the kiln and they've painted them. And she does all kind of neat stuff with them. And um, Jenny and her, her siblings, they came up with the idea. They have, this, they have these traditions at Christmas. They would always go to their grandmother's house and they would sing different songs. And one of the things they did is they sang the 12 Days of Christmas and they didn't just sing it, but they had these signs that they, everybody had a part, you know, that they would do. It, and they would sing. Well, they came up with this song uh, about their aunt. It says, on this very special day, we'd like to celebrate all the things we love about Aunt Jane. And so it was day number one. And so they all did these 12 things that they really loved about her. And it was, it was for her birthday. I think it maybe it was her 70th birthday. I can't remember. But it was for her birthday. And you know what? Her Aunt Jane said after they did that, she was like, that was the greatest thing anyone's ever done for me. Yeah, it was just a thoughtful thing. Just, hey, this is the impact you've had on my life, and we're so thankful. These are things we love about you. Just what a special thing that was for her. So respect your parents' need to see themselves in you. Another thing is we say, I'm sorry, because most of us, we've been knuckleheads, and we're sinful, and we haven't always done things rightly. We haven't always respected our parents, so maybe you need to say, I'm sorry. Another thing we can do to honor our parents is ask their advice. I know as, um, as an adult, you get to be an adult, and you have to make decisions and choices. And Yeah, it's good. Run it by your parents. What do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Yeah, makes them feel good, right? I think honoring them in your reputation as well. Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Honor your parents in your reputation, how you carry yourself. I don't know about you, but uh, your parents ever, ever did this. They say, oh, you're a smith, or you're a, you know, you're a Hayes. You're a Hartsfield, right? You're a McWilliams. You carry this name with you. Make us look good by how you conduct yourself, you know. Be thankful. Another way we can honor our parents, just be thankful. I mean, kids don't, they don't, kids are so egocentric, really are. And sometimes we have, especially if you have one in, at home, only one, it's real hard not to be, for your kids not to be egocentric, to think that the world doesn't revolve around them. Because I mean, think about your schedule. You schedule everything. You've got four things this next week, and it all revolves around your kid or your kids. So our kids, it's real easy to think that the world revolves around them. And so, what parents do, I mean, I think about my life. I don't think about, oh, what am I going to do? I'm thinking about what's Jenny need and what my kids, what do they have going on? I mean, how many of you have hobbies? <laughs> yeah. Then we look at Mark, he's like, yeah, I used to have, I used to have them. I used to have a hobby. And I have children. And I have none. <laughs> Isn't that true? 
You think about all the things you used to do, and some of you, you're, you're, in, you're empty nesters, and so you're back doing those things that you used to do. Like, yeah, I haven't done this in, oh, since I had kids, right? So kids, your parents, they, they spend all their money putting stupid braces on your face, right? <laughs> or taking you to the dermatologist so you don't have a pimple, or your car, or your insurance, or your whatever, or money for your hitting lessons or your music lessons or your blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's, it's, it's unending. You know? Kids, come on, man. Quit being egocentric, man. Thank your parents for spending every dime they own on your sorry tale. <laughs> Be thankful. Right? Yeah. Yeah, amen. You know, this is the thing. When they when they cook for you and put food on the table, my, my one thing I brag on my kids. My kids, almost every night, thank you for cooking. Thank you for this. This is good. Parents, you want to be thanked. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? Kids, thank your parents. They buy pizza or they cook a roast or whatever. Thank you for cooking this, mom. Thank you for cooking this, dad. Yeah, be thankful. Be thankful. Good way to honor your parents. Another thing. just by way of application, or maybe this is just something to, to remember. Parents don't expect the same obedience from grown children who move out and leave and cleave and start their own family than they do from younger, dependent children. And notice I say, I didn't say an age, you know, like an 18-year-old or 20-year-old, because if you're 25 and you're living at home and your parents, you know, are paying your bills, you're still a child. You're still a child. So you have to listen to mom and dad just like a 10-year-old does if they're paying all your bills. I used to have, I was a youth pastor for nine years, and it was, it was just, it's kind of comical. You'd have this 18-year-old. Something magical about being 18, you know. You're in 11th grade, son. You're 18, and you don't know how to do anything. Why all of a sudden you feel like you're a man? But they would come in and say, well, my parents just treat me like a child. And I'd say, all right, who bought you those shoes? Mama, do you? <laughs> Who pays for your food? M Mama and Daddy. Who pays for the light bill and pays for the house and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Mama, Mama, Mama. I said, but son, you just a kid. You need to act like a child. Say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and do what you're told because you're still a child because you're still living at home. When you get out, you're grown when you're paying your own bills. So I see it. That was a counsel I gave. Honoring your parents can be useful in seeing lost parents come to Jesus. And Paul, in his, his quoting of the fifth commandment, Ephesians chapter 6, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, if you're a believer, in the Lord, that means, if you're in the Lord, that means you're a Christian, you're in Christ. So you have a duty, you have an obligation. You're not your own, you're bought with a price. Do what God tells you to do. And what does he say? Honor your parents. But when you honor your parents, what happens? Some of you have lost parents, maybe a, a mom or a dad or maybe both, or maybe you live with a grandmother and she's lost. By the way you obey and yield and give weight to their words and their counsel, you can be a good witness for your lost parents. Think about Jesus Jesus, 
he knew a lot more than Mary and Joseph. But he never, never dishonored them. He always obeyed. He always honored his mother and father, even though he knew so much more than them, right? Sometimes we think as children, well, my parents are ignorant. They don't know, blah, blah, blah. What do they know? They're old. Blah, blah. Well, it doesn't matter if, they, if you know more than your parents. God commands you to honor and respect them and listen to them. And for those of us who are grown, I think stop by, pick up the phone, send a, a picture, a text, a call. Call and say, hey, you want to go out to dinner? I'll pay. And holidays, make a point to be there. What parent doesn't want their kids there on Christmas or Thanksgiving? And sometimes I know it's not. Jenny and I, we, have to, we do every other. Thanksgiving there, Christmas here. You know, you have to figure it out. How many of you, how many parents don't want their kids come by on a holiday? Think about that, grown Christian. And make that happen if you can. Just an observation of 40 years of walking on this earth. If you don't honor your parents, you won't honor other authorities in your life. Augustine, he says, if anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? Nope. If you're a jerk-faced punk at home, you'll be a jerk-faced punk at work, in your play. It just will. So maybe, students, children, maybe you need to repent this morning. You need to turn from your wicked self-absorbed ways and begin honoring your mother and father. Whatever the Lord would have you do, you need to do. Maybe you need to say, I'm sorry today. Maybe adults, maybe that goes for you. When's the last time you talked to mom and dad? When's the last time you told them you loved them and seeing if they need anything. I really feel like it's a our responsibility to care for our parents. My, Jenny and I, we got married. There's a couple things we kind of sat down and talked about. And that was one of the things we said, you know, we're going to, I feel like it's my responsibility to care for my parents. And I feel like it's your responsibility to care for yours. So if need be, that's what we'll do. Maybe we need to repent because we hadn't been taking so good a care of our aging parents. And I know that sometimes that's not easy to do. Sometimes it's impossible to do. Every situation is different, but even if they're somewhere being cared by someone else, you at least can call and write and visit. I don't think it's hard to understand this command, and it de directly applies to us. It's restated explicitly in Ephesians. It's not hard to understand, but it is hard to do. Whether you're a, a, a young child or you're a, a, an adult child who has living parents, it's still sometimes hard to do because they don't understand, they don't get it, they're overbearing, or they weren't good to me in years past. 
I understand all that, but we still are called to honor our parents, and you do that in any way you feel like the Lord would have you. So let's pray and ask for grace that we would leave, and we would leave here with a determination to honor our mother and father. Father, we do recognize that when we when we honor and obey our earthly parents, we are honoring you, our Heavenly Father. And may we do that this week with joy. And for the wee ones, the little children, the middle schoolers, the high schoolers that are brokenhearted right now because of their way they've treated their parents, may you grant them repentance and give them grace to obey starting now. And Father, if there's adult children here who have living parents and we've been neglectful. Pray that you would give us the grace to obey today in whatever way that we should. Father, help us to be humble. Help us to put others' interest above our own, including our parents. For many, he Lord, we're thankful as we pray to you. We're giving thanks. We have a thankful heart for our wonderful parents. We're so thankful for the legacy you've given us and a great mom and dad. And Lord, we do give thanks. And Father, there's some here who are adult children and their parents were absent. They weren't good role models. They don't love you. Lord, I pray that you would give them the grace to obey in whatever way they should. Help them to know how they should obey this command and give them the grace to do it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sunday morning services at Beaver Baptist Church. We are currently studying the book of Exodus. If you have any questions about today's message or would like more information about our church, call us at 901-837-2904. You can also visit our website at beaverbaptist.com.